When seasons change, we tend to change as well, or at the very least, take stock of where we're at and look ahead to where we're going. Spring means a fresh start, shedding layers, stretching our arms and legs, cleaning and resetting our spaces. Whenever my mom would do a big full clean on the house, we called it a Dutch cleanse. Summer is for fun and freedom, flowy summer dresses so the breeze can scoot up our skirts, bare feet, sand in our butts. It's my favorite. Our warm season is so short in Canada that there's this weird pressure to make the most of it. Well, with 2020 being the exception, of course. I do remember one spring I promised myself a summer of total regrets. I'm not sure I really ever lived up to that promise, but it was certainly a fun summer. Fall is for last kicks at the can. While we start to settle in and cozy up, we also feel that last push to make something of our long-forgotten resolutions. The last days of lovely weather and the gathering of gumption to finish the year out strong. Winter means hibernation, eating all the food, watching all the shows, and making giant ass-shaped dents in our couch. And as much as I'm not a huge fan of winter, I do like the indoor activities, or lack thereof, associated with trying to keep warm. The end of the year and the start of a new one usually has us looking back to look ahead. It's a kind of reflection which leads to all sorts of startovers, do-overs, and revisions. We make solemn plans to become devout worker-outers. We cleanse, we declutter, we organize, we prioritize. We clear out the old to make way for the new. We want growth and change, and we pledge to make this our best year ever. In other words, we vow to keep our promises this time. But what does that even look like in the shadow of 2020? I'm Jenny B, and this is It Actually. This is It Actually. Take a sip and grab a seat. Can you even imagine being a nurse or a doctor in 2020? You start your year off, like everyone, doing your job, which, by the way, is already the hardest and one of the most thankless and grossest jobs, and then this thing happens. This virus shows up. No one really knows what it is or where it started or what the heck to do with it. People are getting sick, like really sick, and then people start to die, and the government and scientists are trying to figure out what to do, and in the meantime, people go a little nutty with toilet paper. I still don't totally understand that one, and rules keep changing, because again, what the heck is this thing? And everyone gets locked into their houses, and hugs are way off limits, and people get nasty, selfish, indignant, and you, nurses and doctors, have to keep doing your job, but now with half the resources and twice the people, and oh, also try not to get sick. I stand by my belief that they are the true heroes of the year. I have kept safe and COVID-free. I feel lucky. I mean, I like rules and I'm happy to be a rules follower, but I know that even people following the rules aren't 100% guaranteed they won't be infected because, well, life and circumstances. In the beginning of this whole fiasco, I swore I had it like five times. Any sign of anything that seemed slightly off was definitely COVID. A scratchy throat, a headache, feeling nauseous. I would wake up in the middle of the night in full panic, sweating and taking deep breaths to see if my lungs felt tight. I kept reading stories of people who contracted it, which I do actually think is really important, but maybe not back to back to back at 1am. Then George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the shootings in Nova Scotia and the bushfires in Australia and murder hornets and Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, the explosion in Beirut, wildfires in California, RBG, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Trebek, and yep, that's not even all of it, and yep, that all happened this year. 
So, like a lot of people, I stopped sleeping, and it got kind of ugly. I bought myself some melatonin and blew through a bottle of that in less than a month's time. Then I moved to an edible with CBD. By the way, I'm frightened to death of being high, but without the THC, this was purely for sleep, and I wholeheartedly trusted the girlfriend who was acting as my dealer. Then I added in a lavender tea, and I'm not just talking tea leaves, I'm talking the lavender plant ground up and made into a powder. I was pulling out the big guns. And I've since included a CBD roller ball and some new calming oils for my diffuser. At this rate, I should have slept straight through to 2021. I'm thinking back to where I was in January. I had wrapped up a contract and decided to take the month off to meet people for tea and do a lot of writing and take walks and work out and even stay in my jammies some days if I wanted to. I figured I'd gift myself some time and find a gig in February. Oh, I got time all right. I didn't end up really working until June. The TV industry shut down and it's touch and go at the best of times, but this was definitely a new record. I sometimes think I didn't do anything, which of course has to do with being in my house 24-7, not going for dinners, or really seeing anyone, and of course, no outings, no trips. But then I broke it down, and for a year of nothing, I did everything. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. For starters, there's this podcast. I wasn't making this a year ago. In fact, a girlfriend just reminded me that we went for tea on January 30th, and as we were saying an extended goodbye outside our cars on Queen Street, I told her I wanted to start a podcast. It wasn't a new idea, I'd been thinking about it for a long time, but it was kind of the first time I'd said it out loud to someone outside of my inner circle. I went home that day and I started to really think about what it was, or I guess what I thought it could be. I knew it was a thing, but what thing it was, I didn't totally know. And without an actual topic, well, it's just a person saying they want to yammer into a mic for 20 minutes. Then it just hit me one day. It's all the stories I've always been telling. It's nostalgia and memories and vulnerability, but it's more than that. It's other people's stories. It's the sharing of words and feelings, because that's how we connect. I had just finished writing all of that down, and I said out loud, this is it. And that was the hut. They actually attached itself later that day, and I got deep into research. My first Google, how to make a podcast. It was frustrating and slow going, and I had to learn a lot, but once I settled on the format and started asking other people to share their stories, it just began happening. This may sound really silly, but the answering machine beep locked the whole thing up. Once I settled on it being a significant part of the podcast and I got the right tone and the right length, I was able to push forward. I'd always intended on releasing it the second week of March. I wanted to have a few in the can, but I also didn't want to wait too long because if I did, it's possible that I would have bailed. Once COVID had come to Canada and it started to look scary and there was talk of a lockdown, I really questioned whether or not I should be putting it out there. Did people really need to hear my rambly stories while they were panicking and wondering and worried about a pandemic making its way to us? Well, I can't say I was ever really sure, but the general consensus amongst the three people that I asked was yes, it's exactly what we need. And you know what? Even if it wasn't, looking back, I see that it's exactly what I needed. 2020 took so much away from so many people, myself included, but is it wrong to say that it also gave me a lot? This podcast has allowed me to reconnect with people from many of my past lives. I've heard their stories, and I even started a store, and let me tell you, seeing friends from high school wearing my merch is pretty much one of the highlights of my life. My daughters missed out on a lot. My oldest graduated from grade 8 and started grade 9, and that whole time is supposed to be the best, and it just wasn't. But although we're really close, this stop down in time has made us closer. 
We're so used to filling our days up by being out in the city and going to exhibits and walking downtown and seeing concerts, but it was kind of cool to have to replace it with other stuff, home stuff. We started eating in front of the TV watching Modern Family. At first, I felt kind of guilty about it, but without fail, every time we sat down, we had conversation. We built birdhouses. We colored each other's hair. I ran a little school from our kitchen. It wasn't great, but it was something, and they did it every day for three months. They biked everywhere with their friends, like everywhere. That one in particular felt really awesome and kind of old school to me. There were days when I said, be home for dinner, and I was like, wait, what decade is this? And I truly believe that none of that would have happened at any other time in any other normal situation. We met neighbors we didn't even know we have. The girls and I decided to make a little fairy garden at the tree in our front yard. Two little girls from down the street saw it one day and then stopped every single day after that. We chatted to them and their parents, and they became a part of our morning routine. One day, we decided to leave them a little letter and some treats from the garden fairy. They couldn't believe she knew their names. They wrote her back, and just last week, they dropped off a Christmas card and some treats. These are people I did not know 10 months ago. Our little fairy garden grew with the presence of a lot of animals. We saw bunnies and possums and all sorts of birds and skunks. We fed our neighborhood squirrels and chipmunks, and we had a small gang of seven baby raccoons move into the tree behind our house. It was a regular Snow White situation around here. Oh, and we also fostered baby ducks for three weeks, which was something I never would have normally done, but the joy of that whole situation was twofold. A, I kind of fell in love with ducks, and B, it sparked conversation with every single person who walked by. We were able to sit in the quiet, well, in our case, the quacking, and have the ability to slow down, sit outside on the front lawn with coffee or wine, and just stop. Having to face a pandemic without my mom really stunk. It may seem ridiculous, she's been gone for five years now, and hello, I'm an adult, but it seems with every new life event or big change, I'm always reminded of loss. And I think about how things would have been different if she were here. I was really worried about handshakes. I still am. I spend a lot of time, probably too much, wondering if they'll become extinct. I think hugs will make their way back to us, but handshakes and shoulder pats may be a thing of the past, and let me tell you, I have very strong and conflicting feelings about that. Speaking of loss, not being able to have hair and waxing appointments and manis and pedis felt pretty tragic at the top of the year, but as time passed and money was saved, I think it had us all taking stock of what we count as absolute necessity. I had a temporary moment of thinking I could be one of those hot silver-haired babes, and I let my gray, actually my white, grow to a lengthy couple of inches, and it was okay, but it wasn't great for my brain, so I caved around May. In the year of 2020, I think it was important to choose your battles. But you know what was kind of cool? Letters and cards became a thing again. I've always loved words on paper, and let's face it, mail is the absolute best. My youngest daughter and I read 10 books together. It was something that had kind of fallen to the wayside, or rather, I guess it got replaced by other things. She's 11, so she obviously reads her own books, but all of a sudden, we just had this time, and one night she handed me a book and said, want to read this? I think in general, even though the world felt kind of nasty and selfish and sometimes pretty hateful, I think a lot of us actually learned to love in a different way. Relationships revealed themselves, which was good and bad for lots of people, but we saw true colors and found appreciation for things we may have otherwise overlooked. There was kindness and empathy and new ways to love. There were helpers, considerate and concerned humans. People supported their favorite small businesses. People stepped up. 
My advice for 2021, I mean, I don't really have anything compelling or constructive to say, but I think it might be smart to just ease in. Go slow. Be gentle with yourself. Forget about normal. Be open. Be safe. And walk outside your door with love. 2020 was the year that I was supposed to graduate high school. I did graduate high school, but it did not feel like that. I didn't get a prom and I didn't get a grad. And as you can assume, that kind of sucks because for teenagers, that's literally everything. So I thought that I would tell you what actually happened this year. I applied to a bunch of universities at the beginning of 2020. And I was so set on going to university because it's such like a social norm. And it's almost like you feel like you have to go. But I applied to university. I got into university. And then I decided I wasn't going to go. And that was super nerve wracking for me because... I'm a planner. Like, I'm such a planner. I always want to know what's going on, what's going to happen. And honestly, my life took the biggest turn it's ever taken. And 2020 has been quite possibly the best and worst year of my life. When I decided not to go to university anymore, I also decided it would be super, super smart to quit my job. (laughs) So I quit the job that I had been working all of high school. And I was working at Dairy Queen, you know, mixing blizzards. (laughs) And I quit my job and I actually started my own brand. It's called Cloudy Day Clothing, and I sell tie-dye sweaters. It was nothing that I ever expected would happen. It ended up blowing up, and I was getting tons of orders. So many orders, I literally could not even keep up. And it was something that I didn't expect. So not only was that crazy, but I also started a TikTok account. For anyone who doesn't know what TikTok is, you basically just take videos and post them. (laughs) I don't know, it's kind of like Vine. And my little niche was posting about how to be confident, how to love yourself, and how to reach the success that you want to reach. I talk about finance, talk about mortgage payments. I don't even have a mortgage and I'm already talking about mortgage payments. So I ended up getting to 1.4 million followers. And I hit 1.4 today and I want to cry. So that's what actually happened this year. I didn't go to school. I quit my job. I ended up making my own like five different sources of income. Crazy. (laughs) So that was my 2020 and that's what happened. Literally nothing that you would expect. To me, 2020 is the year where time has seemingly stood still, but also somehow managed to move at the speed of light. To be honest, I'm not even sure January to mid-March even happened. But when the apocalypse started, I was working two jobs that were both shut down. Not knowing how long the loss of income was going to last was very unsettling, to say the least. Despite that, I'm not going to lie, I was enjoying the newfound time at home, and my dog was especially happy about all the walks we were going on. So many walks. But then in April, my career path took a huge left turn. To give a little background, I have to go back to 2019. My mom, who had been suffering from Alzheimer's for many years, passed away. One of my fondest memories growing up was my mom's baked goods, especially her chocolate chip cookies. Everyone loved them. Like, seriously loved them. So to honor her when she passed, I resurrected her recipe, and I asked some friends if they wanted to buy some to raise money for the Alzheimer's Society. And everyone loved them. Like, seriously loved them. I mostly forgot about them until the lockdown happened, and the whole world, of course, was baking. I wanted cookies. So again, I asked some friends if they wanted some too. This time, though, people were asking me for dozens. A few told me I needed to start a cookie biz, something we had told my mom for years. The seed that had been planted decades ago started to grow, and after thinking about it for a bit, I created some more flavors, built a website, and I launched The Bearded Baker. It's so weird to think that something that is now my main focus 
may have never happened without the pandemic. So in a weird way, this weird year has brought me a lot of good moments and much hope for what is to come. With that said, I'm very aware that many people are suffering right now, financially, mentally, and of course physically for those who got COVID. 2020 has definitely taken its toll. One of my closest and best friends moved away. I haven't seen my family for months and months. I miss nights out and just being close to people. But I'm definitely one of the lucky ones who can say something positive has come out of this. With each cookie sold, I get to share a little piece of me and my mom. She would have loved seeing the messages I get saying how good the cookies are. I think about that a lot. I've never really been one for New Year's resolutions, but I really thought that 2020 was going to be my year. A year of many trips, finally changing jobs, and even finding love. Well, none of those things happened for various reasons, not the least of which was due to COVID-19, a virus I'd never thought I'd learned so much about, like all of us have. It changed the way we celebrate holidays and special occasions, and it has sent us into periods of lockdown, like the one that my city is in right now. But spending a lot of time alone this year has given me the opportunity for a lot of self-reflection and a chance to practice some more gratitude. I've been working from home for over nine months now, and that can feel isolating, but I'm so glad just to have a job. I haven't really gone anywhere this year, but that just means that I'll appreciate the opportunity to travel even more when we can do that again. And it may sound corny, but I've learned how to love myself, which is probably the greatest gift of all. Sure, I've had a few crying sessions along the way, but they've been cleansing and therapeutic, and I came away feeling stronger. So with that, I'll say farewell, 2020. I'll take all the gifts you've given me into the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. I have a business called Handled, which is fairly new. And fortunately, even in the pandemic, it was able to safely putter along. Now, the concept for Handled is fairly simple. It connects clients in need of handyman services to someone who is capable in doing the required work in the most convenient and efficient means possible. That day I finished some work for Handle that I was very proud of. I spent a lot of time and effort on it and I was very satisfied with my work. But I'll tell you, the instant I shut my laptop closed, I immediately felt this sense of frustration and emptiness. It was a little bit odd. I just did something I was very proud of and I was frustrated it happened during a pandemic. Then I became annoyed I wasn't able to celebrate or do something fun to acknowledge what I did and blow off some steam. As soon as I realized I was about to slip into this mood of self-pity and victimhood, I decided to look inward and think about the countless people who are in a very difficult position, people who have lost lives or loved ones. Then I thought about our senior citizens of today and how unfortunately modern society seems to value and celebrate youth over wisdom and lived experiences. Even under normal circumstances, our seniors are often neglected. After snapping out of this self-defeating mentality, I thought about what I can do here and now to be a blessing in someone else's life. Once I reached out to the homes who were kind enough to provide the information on their residents in terms of likes and interest, pretty much based on the same concepts used for Handled. This is where people signed up to be matched with a senior in a Toronto long-term care home in order to send them a personalized Christmas video message. There's three main things I've learned from the Christmas messages for seniors. One, each person who signed up understood this universal truth that doing something kind for someone else is the most effective way to also encourage and lift up yourself. Two, we needed this just as much as the seniors. One video message comes to mind where there's this young woman who performed a song for the senior she was matched with. This senior's interest was his love and passion for music. 
What she put together for that senior was the most beautiful musical performance I've ever seen. She's a person who needed to feel the connection to another person in a very isolating and lonely time. Third and final thing, the human spirit and human connection is one of the most powerful forces in existence. I think that we can hate on 2020 all we want because let's face it, people love to hate on things. This year hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows. Believe me, I know this firsthand. Our world was rocked this year as we went through yet another miscarriage because the gift of children has not come easy to us. From this, I knew I could chalk 2020 up as a write-off year if I really, really wanted to. But then I sat down and remembered all the good things that have come from this year. It's the year that I learned just how much I value my family, maybe more than I ever realized before. And when you can't see people on a regular basis, you realize just how much you love all the weirdos that make up your family, even the dysfunctional ones too. 2020 was the year that my husband and I got married. Even if it didn't look like our original Joshua Tree elopement, it was still pretty darn beautiful. When you learn that the border isn't opening up anytime soon, you are forced to pivot pretty darn quick. Planning a backyard elopement in just two weeks is no easy feat, but you sure do realize what's important and what isn't. It also makes you wonder why anyone takes years to plan in the first place. 2020 is the year that I truly believe the shop local, shop small movement was truly understood, and that is huge for a small business owner like myself. I also believe it was the kick in the pants that every business owner needed to pivot, get creative, and reinvent themselves. It was the year that my business grew in ways that I couldn't even begin to imagine. I realized that I had a community of people rallying behind me to support what I built because they didn't want to see it go anywhere. So yes, 2020 may go down in history as what could be referred to as a dumpster on fire. But when I sit here and reflect on the year that's gone by, it is also the year of gratitude. The year that made my heart burst in a million different ways and even made me appreciate what I had when I had it. It's the year that forced me to slow down and trust the process. At the end of 2019, I said that I wanted to savor the little moments, not worry about what was next, learn from the hard moments, and strive for balance. I guess in a way, 2020 gave me just that. I truly believe that we can all look at this year as one that gave us the gift of time. It's just what we chose to do with it that can determine our positive or negative outlook on it. January 1st, 2020. We got in our motor home in Nashville and headed north to drive back home to Nova Scotia. Me, my wife Carol, our daughters who were 10 and 8, and our little six-pound Morky named Henry. We were talking on the open road about the year ahead and how much traveling I would have to do, and we were debating whether we should get a big guard dog. Carol had discovered this breed called a Leonberger. It's a giant breed, but they're loyal family dogs and ferocious protectors. So we decided we would put a down payment on this Leonberger, and she would come to us at the end of April. Weren't quite sure how to tell Henry this would be happening, thought it might rock his world. But as fate would have it, on January 16th, Henry died suddenly in an accident at our home. It was heavy and hard to even believe that it had happened. March 13th, the world closed down. We canceled our trip to go to Hawaii as a family. And I started to think, how am I going to get this dog home from Hamilton, Ontario during a lockdown? April 18th and 19th, uh, now well-documented incident that resulted in more than 20 people losing their life happened in our neighborhood. And I was suddenly 
producing what would become a virtual vigil carried on three networks, telling the story of how these people lost their lives in a horrific way. Some of them were parents of kids that my kids went to school with, trying not to tell them what had happened, trying not to let the panic and horror show in my face. As I tiptoed out to the driveway to try to put this show together in a truck and thinking, how am I going to get this dog home in a lockdown upon lockdown situation? But I channeled all my anxiety and grief into this little beacon of joy getting to Nova Scotia from Hamilton. So I found a woman named Lindsay who was moving back to Truro, of all places, where we live, from Toronto. She was willing to carry the dog on the plane. And I found a friend named Bob who was willing to pick her up in Hamilton and drop her curbside at Pearson Airport. So somehow, in the midst of this horrendous week, this little bundle of joy arrived in our world. And it was the hope on the horizon that we needed. Didn't even know how much we would need it when we put the deposit on her. Now, December 23rd, nine months and 90 pounds later, she's lying on my feet as I record this. It'll be our first Christmas without Henry, which is hard to even imagine. But my daughter Indigo summed it up best. She said, I feel like when Henry died, my heart fell out on the sidewalk. And then Joy came along and said, excuse me, I think he dropped this. This is a tip, actually. Sometimes our intentions for the new year are bigger than we are, and if we don't make the mark, it can end in disappointment, regret, and sometimes self-pity. We put a lot of pressure on time. We want to erase the crappy moments we had, and we implore the new year to save us from the year that just passed. This rings true now more than ever. And I think with each season's end and with every year that rolls by on the calendar, we should continue to do the clearance thing. It gives us reason to tell the universe what we want. We should make the resolutions. I personally love a checklist, so crossing things off makes me feel accomplished. We should come up with goals and dreams and have future plans. But I also think, as drippy as it sounds, that we should live in the here and now. We shouldn't wish our time away, even the crummiest of moments. Because time goes, it always will. But this moment, the one we're in right now, is one moment we know we've got. Thank you to my amazing guests, Ashley, Christian, David, Shelley, Spencer, and Jonathan Torrens for such beautiful stories. What a way to finish out the year's episodes. I'm releasing one more new episode next Thursday, and then I'm taking a break until February 4th. I hope you'll stick around to see what we all come up with in 2021. Happy New Year.